Hi, welcome to North Church. We are so excited that you're here with us today. In a few moments, the band's going to lead us in some songs, and then we're going to hear an inspiring message from this week's Bible teacher. If you'd like to know a little bit more about North Church and how to get connected, I want to invite you to our website at northchurch.net. There, if you scroll to the bottom of the homepage, you'll see our e-bulletin. There, we have all the upcoming events and information on how you can get connected here at the church. Also, after service, I want to invite you to our information center. There you will be greeted by warm and kind volunteers who would love to help you get more connected and some more information about the church. Also, you'll see our full service coffee bar. There we have warm and cold drinks and even donuts, all supported off of your donations. Camp is coming up. If you're a third through fifth grader or a junior high student or even a high school student, camp is just around the corner and it is filling up fast. For high school camp, it's already 50% full and junior high camp is 25% full. So if you're a parent or a student, sign up right now. You can go to collidenorthwest.com and there you can register for camp. It's this amazing experience where kids all around Spokane gather together to worship Jesus, connect with other students in healthy, growing relationships, and have a ton of fun. So please, sign up for camp right now. Move Up Month is just around the corner, starting on June 4th. So if you're a parent of a preschooler, a third grader, or a fifth and sixth grader, they'll be moving into different classrooms starting on June 4th. So if you have any questions about what the classrooms they're moving into or just the overall process, feel free to contact either me, Pastor Kenny Barr, or Pastor Ryan McClellan. On May 21st at 5.30 p.m., right here at North Church, we are having a multiply dinner. This is for anybody that's a leader or somebody that aspires to be a leader who wants to influence other people towards spiritual growth. Here at Multiply, it's gonna be some food, there's gonna be a lot of games, and then also we're gonna have a time of worship and hear an amazing message from Mike Mead, our senior pastor. If you'd like to go to this event, I wanna invite you to our events page on our website, where there you can register. It's completely free, and we hope to see you there. And those are all the announcements we have for you today. If after service you'd like some prayer, please step forward as a member of our prayer team would love to agree with you in prayer. Also, right now, you can go on your mobile device, check in on Facebook to North Church. For every three check-ins, provides one item in a welcome basket for refugee families coming here to Spokane. Otherwise, please stand as we're about to sing.
Yes, what a great way to get the morning going. Hi, my name is Scott. I am one of the pastors here on staff. And especially if you're new here this morning or newer to us as a church, I want to welcome you and say hello. In fact, we do a little thing right after the service for about five minutes called First Connect. And I want to invite you to that. I'll be right over there underneath that monitor on that wall. And we spend five minutes saying hello, introducing ourselves, and just getting to know each other and talk about ways to get connected. So I look forward to seeing you there then. For now, would you just turn and say hello to the people who are standing right around you today? All right, let's, let's not be carried away with all this friendliness and kindness and stuff. Let's get in our, under control. Hey, we're gonna do something this morning that we do from time to time, once about uh, once a quarter or so. Uh, we like to do just kind of a quick financial report. And by the way, if you're one of those people who are newer than, uh, and new to us, um, this may not interest you so much because this is just kind of the stuff that's going on. And so feel free to sit back and relax. But for those who consider this to be your church home and are a part of what God does here and you take part both by volunteering and by serving and contributing towards it, we owe you the, uh, the authenticity, the openness, the transparency and accountability of at least talking about it. So that's what we do from time to time. So you may remember it was about three months ago that the bad news was we had to take our budget and, and shrink it by about $70,000 kind of to match the revenue that was coming in and make the adjustments in the program and the people and everything. And we did that. Uh, as we had to. So just wanted to update you on where we are. This is the new budget of uh, $995,000. That's the adjusted one. And we like to let you know where that's going. This, this isn't so much different than it was before. There's still, we're still roughly a quarter of our budget goes to cover the facilities and the mortgage and the maintenance and the upkeep and the things that break and stuff like that. Almost 20% on next generation, which includes the young kids and the slightly older kids and the even older kids than that. Um, gosh, you get to be my age, everyone's a kid, so maybe that number should be higher. <laughs> Set mount goes uh, towards Sunday services and outreach, as you can see, communication, admin, adult discipleship, and leadership. So that's kind of the general spread and, and percentages of where that money goes. If you're one of those people who just gets really interested in stuff like that and fascinated by it or just curious, and you want to kind of look at the next level numbers and get more detail, I'd be glad to meet with you and kind of walk you through how we do that on a one-on-one -on -one level. No need to bore 350 people at the same time that we do that together, right? So we can do that on our time. Um, and just send an email to me, scott at northchurch.net, and we can set something up. Here is um, this year to date, September through April, compared to the, with our new budget in mind, look at that. We are above our anticipation and above the expected revenue for the new budget. So that is something to celebrate and something to rejoice in. And we're very, very happy about that. So thank you and keep going. In fact, one of the things that we're celebrating right now is something that's about to happen. We're getting a little hint of it today. You woke up, the sun was shining. There's nice warmth in the air. Summer, I do believe, is on its way, and that in itself is something really worth celebrating. And what we all do dur during the summer, and rightly so, right, is we get out to the lake, we get out to the mountains, we go somewhere and relax and rejuvenate and recover and we recreate and have a great time enjoying this creation and stuff. And that is wonderful. We love that. But 
one of the things that we want to encourage those uh, who consider this your church family, your home, we want to um, encourage you to be intentional this summer about remaining connected at the church. Um, one of the things that we see happen from time to time, of course, attendance goes down because of all the vacations and all the trips to the lake and all those things. Of course that happens. But the question is, what can you do and what will you do to intentionally remain connected even when you may not be right here on the Sundays? And so I want to suggest three ways that you can be intentional this summer and begin thinking about this now, right? One is think about the relationships that you have here in church. It might be um, in life groups. It might be in study groups. It might be just people that you see on Sundays that you would miss if you missed a few Sundays because of the summer. And I want to encourage you to be um, intentional about continuing those relationships over the summer. Invite somebody over for dinner. Share a barbecue. Take a night. Go to the park. Do something. But be intentional about maintaining those relationships that you have. Don't let them slide away. Here's another, a second way that we're asking you to be intentional this summer about staying connected, and it's this. Already on our website, you know, when we're done with the services here on Sunday morning, within a couple of days, the full services are uploaded, and then there's video on our website that you can view uh, and keep connected. You can continue to do that this summer, but we're taking it one step further. Beginning this summer, we're going to be live streaming our services at the time that they're uh, taking place through Facebook Live. And so if you're away and on vacation with family or somewhere, you can hop on the internet and you can be a part of what's taking place here in the auditorium, even though you're not physically present. And I really want to encourage you to begin thinking now about being intentional and doing that, a great way to stay connected. And then the third way is, is the financial component. And that's really important in a year when we've made some significant changes and we were beginning to see some progress that we can celebrate. It's really important that we maintain that progress heading into the summer months, right? And so I want to maybe ask and encourage and maybe even challenge a little bit for you as an individual or as a married couple or as a family to begin asking the question now and seeking the Lord about what could we do right now to begin making those commitments in our heart about some intentional giving throughout the summer even if we're not here, present in the building because of vacations. And there's lots of ways that you can set up recurring transactions that continue to go on even if you're not here in the building. There's text to give which by the way, it's a new number for us. It's a new platform that we're using on text to give because fewer fees and a better interest rate, uh, uh, percentage rate on the transaction, so that's helpful. But you can also go online to our website and set that up as well. Or if you're one of those people who like to be super efficient and want to make sure that not a single dime of fees go away, go out of your contribution towards the church, you could set up a recurring uh, contribution through your bill pay uh, at your own bank that way. Those are just a few of the options that are available, but at the heart of all of it is this sense that what God's doing here is something that we all own together. And, uh, and so search your heart. Let's be intentional this summer. Let's stay connected in every way and continue to celebrate what God is doing here, all right? I'm going to ask you now to stand because we're going to continue this service in song and in worship. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the gift of your son. Thank you for the joy that he brings. God, thank you for the grace that you offer us. And in this time that we share, Lord, we want to bring the best of our hearts to you, express our love, our devotion, and our worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning again, church. This is one of the favorite songs that we do right now because it talks about our strong and mighty Savior, but his gentleness also. So sing this with us, will you?
morning.
have a seat right now. One of the things that I love about the songs that we sing together is the way they take sometimes the, the jumble of feelings and emotions and thoughts that we have inside us and they, they give them a shape, they give them a form, they give them words that we can use together to direct towards God as this declaration of where our heart's at. And I love that. But there's also a time that comes for us to offer not just um, not just a song that's already been written and composed, but an in-the-moment statement of our heart to the Lord in worship. And prayer is the place that that take happens, where, where the words that we provide and the words that bring our thoughts and our reality to the Lord's attention, there, there's a, actually a hunger in the heart of God to hear from you this morning, the words that you would bring together to speak your heart to Him. And I think just as uh, God, as we hear the words of Scripture taught to us in just a little bit, and there's a word that God wants to speak to each one of us this morning. It'll come through the word of Scripture. It'll come through the preaching and the, and the message. But there's also a word that God wants to speak direct to our heart, personally, through His Holy Spirit to us. And prayer is the place where that happens as well. That place of intimate exchange, which, which is God's word directly to your spirit and your heart rising up to speak words of love and devotion and need to him as well. And so as we head into this uh, period of prayer, these few moments that we have, right where you sit, would you, would you share your honest heart and, and give God the, word, the words that come from your heart, mind, and soul? And would you listen for the words that he would speak to you, to the words of God's Holy Spirit to you as we spend these moments in prayer this morning? Let's pray.
Lord God, I thank you for just this church, Lord, for the community that you've put together here. Lord, from all these different backgrounds and walks of life and places in our journey, and yet, Lord, you've put us together and you've called us to reach our city and reach our world. And God, we pray, Lord, help us be effective. Lord, empower us and fill us, Holy Spirit, with fresh fire and fresh wind, Lord, fresh power to share boldly the work of grace done within each of our hearts. God, we thank you for the provision and the generosity of this church and ask God that you would help us continue to make strides forward, Lord, in the resourcing of your mission so that we can give more and do, do more for those that are hurting, those that are on the outside that need to come in, Lord, those that are struggling right now, Lord, under the weight of life, Lord. We want to reach people. We want to serve. And so, Lord, we pray. Would you do that? And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, if you brought a gift, a tithe, an offering to give to God, you can prepare that right now. The ushers are going to come. If uh, you're visiting with us, we're so glad you're with us. Don't feel any obligation to give. We have been in a series that uh, has been on identity. And identity is a pretty big topic these days. It's one that we hear a lot about. We're being told what our identity is by our culture, by the media. And, uh, and yet, when you kind of look at God's word, God has some different ideas about who we are, who he says that we are. And I wanna talk today about being set free as part of our identity that you are a freed person, a freed man or a freed woman, free to live in Jesus out of that new identity. We talked throughout the series so far that you are loved, that you are forgiven, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Glendy talked last week about that you are adopted as God's dearly loved sons and daughters, that you belong in his family and that you are chosen. And we come from that perspective, that that becomes part of the shaping of our very identity, that you are in Christ and Christ is in you. And these are life-changing things. These are no trivial items. These are when that gets into our spirit and into our mind and it, it reshapes the way we think. Proverbs says, how a man thinks is how he is. In other words, what you believe about yourself and what you believe about God is going to determine a lot about where you end up in life, the quality of your life, the outcomes of your life. We uh, are a group of guys are meeting in a group called Followers Made, and uh, one of the things that we are going through is this book called Pursuit of Holiness, and in chapter 15, uh, it, it kind of unpacks this idea that we, we act out of our beliefs. So if we want to change the way we behave, you got to go back to your beliefs. What is it that I believe? And so we were talking about that and uh, asked the question, what is it that you used to believe that you no longer believe? You believe something new. And because of that new belief, it's changed maybe an action. And so we were thinking about it. And one of the people said, uh, you know, the area of giving has changed. Uh, when my perception of God changed from just... Uh, being, being a God that didn't care, a God that was distant, a God that was kind of like, hope you make it, to a God that is like, 
I'm there for you. I care about you. I want to bless you. I'm your provider. That that changed the way this person began to give. And that every one of us in that circle said, you know what? Same thing with me. Same thing with me. I don't know why, but something about money touches our life. And when I went from seeing that the stuff that I had was mine to where everything I had was a gift from God, then it was much easier to begin to give and to actually be tithing and to be a generous giver out of a heart of joy and not just begrudgingly. So many things change when the way we think about ourselves or think about God changes because it's rooted in belief. See, at the root of many of our issues is not people, it's not even the devil. The root of many of our internal battles and struggles is who do I think that I am? And who do I think that God is? And do, does who I think that I am line up with what God says? So we're going to start with this passage in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. And I want to read it out of the message translation. It says this, Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. There's this proclamation, this declaration that you are called to live free, that that needs to become a part of our identity. Free, free, free how? Free not just to, not just to do whatever I want, bless you. Free, <laughs> free to not just do whatever I want, go wherever I want, think whatever I want. No, it's a freedom now from bondage, a freedom from bondage to drugs and alcohol, a freedom from addiction to porn, a free from serving and being a slave to money, a free, free from being selfish, free from sin. See, God gives us freedom and freedom to something. Freedom now to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Freedom to live into God's destiny for my life. Freedom from some things, freedom towards some things. That's freedom in Christ, and he's called you and me to that. The problem is, is that often this is just a theoretical thing a theology that we ascribe to. Yeah, it sounds good, it sounds right, but, but we have to live into it. And often we, we get stuck in life, right? Maybe some here today, you feel stuck. Stuck maybe in an addiction, a habit. You don't really like to talk about it. You don't maybe even really like to think about it. And yet you know it's there. Or stuck in an abusive relationship, one that is hurting you, one that is unhealthy and yet you feel stuck or stuck in your finances where you're in debt and the, the weight of that debt just dogs you every day and you think about it and you, you just want, how, I don't think I'll ever get free of this. See, we can end up stuck in all kinds of places in our life and in our mind we're like, yeah, I know I'm supposed to be free. I, some Bible passage tells me that but I don't feel it in real life. What I feel is stuck. On Mount Everest, world's largest, uh, tallest mountain, uh, tw over 29,000 feet, at least the world's tallest mountain above the ocean. Uh, for those of you, you know, who are scientists, and you're going to hold me to that one. The most dangerous part is not climbing the mountain, it's descending from the mountain, right? And, and every year, people die on Mount Everest. Right now, there are uh, over 200 bodies frozen up there 
that they can't retrieve, that they haven't retrieved. And one of those such bodies is uh, a guy by the name of Green Boots because he has these bright green boots that he's frozen into this limestone alcove up, on top, up near the top of, of uh, Mount Everest. And he became a landmark. Matter of fact, several of the bodies have become landmarks for other climbers. You know, you're, you're crossing over the ladder, you go up the ice field, you turn right when you get to green boots, and then you keep going until you get to the top, you know. And it's kind of sad in a way, but it's true. And I don't know you, about you, but I don't want to become a landmark <laughs> for anyone because I got stuck and I stayed stuck. And that's unfortunately one of the things that is a danger in getting stuck is that if we don't get unstuck if we don't see that God has a destiny for us to get unstuck hope is real and it's real for you today there's hope in Jesus Christ that he came he lived he died he rose again for you for your freedom for you to live free free from sin and from addiction and from all of this unhealthy stuff that holds us back. Jesus said this in John chapter 8, verse 34. He proclaimed us as free. And he said, very truly I say to you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. We have people caring for this gentleman. Scott said, thumbs up. Jesus said that when we go about our day trapped in sin, we become a slave to it. This passage says a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs in the family forever. Glendy last week talked about our adoption as sons and daughters in Christ. That when we become a son, a daughter in Christ, something new happens and that new trajectory of our life part of it is that we are called to freedom freedom i don't know about you but i have a tendency to only see myself as a sinner saved by grace you ever hear that word that phrase i'm a sinner saved by grace and there's truth in that that is that is a truth that is that's that's right But if that's all you think about yourself, sinner saved by grace, then what it has a tendency to do is to see yourself in this light of I'll always be struggling with these problems, with these unhealthy things, with these addictions, with with whatever, wherever I'm stuck, I'll never really fully get out because I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm broken, I'm imperfect, and, uh, and I'm probably just gonna remain stuck. God wants you to see something beyond the fact that you're a sinner saved by grace. He wants you to see that you are also free. You are also set free from the bondage of sin, set free from addiction, set free from things that are hurting you, set free as part of your identity. When you become a Christian, all things become New. Now, this is something we have to learn. It's something we have to lean into. It's something we have to live into is these increasing places of freedom in our life. I want you to say this after me. I'm going to say it, and then you can say it after me. Freedom exists for me. Freedom exists for me. That's a bold statement. 
And it's one that we often struggle to really embrace. Freedom exists for you. Freedom exists for Christians. Freedom exists because of Jesus. Freedom, but I don't know. Freedom exists for me in the area of your deepest struggle, in the area of that thing you can't kick, that thing you can't change, that area of your life that holds you back, the, the place in which you find yourself stuck. Freedom exists for me. And it's important to get that and know that and declare that over your own life because it's in the place where we lose hope, where we see that, where we believe something that is not true, that freedom doesn't exist for me. I'm too screwed up. I've gone too long in this behavior. You don't know the family I come from. You don't know my problems. You don't know how I've messed my life up. You don't understand this repeated thought about myself. And those behaviors and thoughts and those beliefs, some of them, yeah, some of them are really, really bad stuff for our lives. Like people who are, I'm a former person that was addicted to drugs, pornography, I've told you that before. I know what it's like to come out of that difficult, stuck life that is filled with shame and guilt. And, but some of you are like, I, I, don't, I don't even relate to that. I've never done drugs, I don't wanna do drugs, I'm not addicted, I've never been addicted, I don't plan to be addicted to anything. And, and we, we have a tendency to, to think that maybe, maybe that grace for freedom is for those people that have really bad problems. But the truth is, is that all of us, every one of us, even those who are here this morning that are really good people, we get stuck in thinking, thinking about maybe the way you view yourself and your body image, stuck thinking about the way that you maybe view yourself in the area of, of the trajectory of your life, that God doesn't really have anything good for me, or maybe stuck in fear and worry, or just a constant cycle of worry and fear. And is, are any of those things any less destructive than anybody else's issue? No, see, we are all in need of God's grace. We're all sinners saved by grace and we all need to see that freedom exists for us, that we're called to live beyond just somebody that is, is stuck in a behavior. See, lots of things can define us. Lots of things want to uh, kind of leech on to become part of our identity, like maybe a big failure in your life, a divorce, an abortion, a bankruptcy, an affair, those big failures try to latch hold and become part of your identity. And yet, freedom exists for you. Jesus wants to set you free. He wants you to just walk in that freedom and live into it. John 8, verse 31 and 32, Jesus said this. He said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You've heard that before, the truth will set you free. All kinds of movies use that little line and they take it out of context and they use it to mean whatever they want. But if you look at it in the original context in which Jesus said it, he said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Did you know that a lot of the promises in the Bible are conditional promises? Not every promise in the Bible is just a blanket promise that God says, hey, I'm just gonna do this for you. There are those, but there's many, many, many promises in scripture that is, if you do this, then you can expect this. This is one of those. 
It's very clear. He says, if then. If you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Isn't that awesome? That if, if we hold to the teachings of Jesus, what are those? What, that's the truth. Well, what is the truth? The truth is that you're loved, that you're forgiven. The truth is that you're, you're God's masterpiece. The truth is you're adopted into his family. You're chosen. The truth is that he sent his spirit to live in you. Those are all true. And as we declare those truths in our life and live into those truths, the truth sets us free, continually sets us free. I'm still being set free, by the way. Uh, you know, it, there's, it's kind of like there's, there's an aspect of it that is in the here and now and in this moment, set free. And then there's an aspect that we live into over time. And we get more and more and more free. And in those areas that I'm still struggling, I continue to declare, freedom exists for me. Freedom exists for me. I will not give up. I will not succumb to just being stuck and bound and, and in bondage. One of the things this past week that I was struggling with was really just trusting that God would provide. And sometimes I go back to that, and it's something that God's continuing to work with me in and around. And uh, sometimes it's around finances, but more often it's just around other things. And this was a tough week for me. I had a lot coming. Had felt this real burden of weight um, for preparation for this weekend. And, uh, and just lots of things that happened. And, and uh, I uh, tried to get a day off. I didn't quite get a day off this past week, which is pretty rare for me. But anyways... As I was preparing and I was praying, I felt like God just said, I'll provide. Simple, right? That's truth. The truth will set you free when you know the truth and you live into it. And so one of the things I had to do was to turn back to God, repent of my sin. See, that's, that's falling short. That's sin when I, when I go, God, you won't provide. When I start thinking that, believing that, because then the weight of God's pressure comes, or I mean, not God's pressure, but the weight of the world comes on me. And as I turn back to God and I said, God, I believe that you will provide. You've always provided. And just like you provided that ram in the thicket for Abraham as he walked up Mount Moriah with all that stress, can you imagine the stress level on that guy, Abraham, as he's going up? Son has wood on his back. He's got a knife in his hand. He's going, God will provide. And God did provide. And God just spoke that word into my heart. And, what, and, and when that happened, boom, that weight lifted. There's something about living into the truth that we're constantly doing, turning back to the truth of God's word, turning back to the truth of what Jesus has done for us. God wants you to see yourself as free. He wants you to live in the truth. And as you do, as you keep turning back to what's true and you keep declaring that over your life, freedom exists for you. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. The new. What's the new? The new is this new freedom to walk with God to live into your destiny, to shed the weight of sin. 
When an elephant is just a baby, it's chained to a stake that is driven deep into the ground. You see, if you want to train an elephant to behave and to stay put, then this is what you do. So they take a baby elephant, they, they put a chain around his leg, they stake it with a steel stake into the ground, and they leave it there. Day after day, week after week, the little baby elephant tries to pull against that. He can't get out. He's not strong enough. Well, eventually, the handler replaces the steel stake with just a little wooden peg and a rope. And from that point forward, the elephant will not try and pull that wood peg out of the ground, even though it could. It won't. Why? It believes it can't. It believes that it is chained, that it is bound for life. See, many times, even as a Christ follower, we can end up in that mentality where I'm bound, I can't get free. And God wants us to see that our destiny is freedom, freedom in Christ. I had a friend call me, and he said, hey, I'm, I, I just want to tell you that I, I'm, I'm drinking a lot, I have a drinking problem. And I said, oh, you mean you're an, an alcoholic? And he said, uh, I guess. I'm like, well, you know, call it what it is, if that's what it is. And he, he said, yeah, I guess it is. And so we started talking, and I really tried to give him hope and explain God has a way out of that, and God wants, wants to help you, and, and uh, freedom exists for you. And we got to the end of the conversation, and uh, after we prayed and everything, I said, so what are you going to do about that now? And he said, I don't know. I'm just going to keep trying. And I said, I said, you can't keep trying. Trying, trying's not going to get you there. It's about dying, not trying. It's when we die to ourselves. It's when we, when we go get help. See, you didn't want anyone to know. It was kind of secretive. It's coming out of denial, getting the help that's needed. And that, there's, there's a death to pride in that, to admit I need other people's help. See, God wants to help you get free. But it's going to mean that you have to invite other people into the process. And you're like, ah, oh, I hate that part. It's like, I know. But that's part of it, that God is not going to bring freedom into your life just in your prayer. I mean, there, there may be some areas where he just does that. I mean, there have been some areas where he's done that in my life. But some of the deepest struggles in my life did not come that way. They came through honesty and humility and opening up to other people. They came by inviting other people into the process. And so if you're stuck today, maybe you need to begin to talk about it with others. Maybe you need to bring this up in your small group or get with a trusted friend. Maybe you need to uh, even invite the help of a professional counselor or come in and get some prayer warriors to pray for you. It may mean that you just need to invite others into that place. Galatians 5, 1 again says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Freedom. Jesus has set us free. Stand firm in that freedom. How, how much are you willing to fight for your freedom? I mean, there's, there's a part that we play. It's not all automatic. 
I had another guy come in and say, hey man, I'm, I'm stuck in addiction to porn. I want out. You know what I told him? I said, um, you can get out. It's gonna be really hard. And you might think, man, I can't believe you said that to him. That, that's your words of hope? It's like, no, that, those were my words of truth in that moment. It's gonna be really hard. You can. It's gonna be hard. It won't be easy. It's not gonna be because we say a quick prayer right now. It won't be because you feel sad that you got busted. It won't be because of those things. You, you have to want freedom really bad. Really bad. That means getting honest. That means inviting others to help. That means maybe going to a support group. That, that, means, that means taking a shotgun to your computer. I don't know. It, it might mean instead of paying the porn industry, you go pay a professional counselor. It, I don't know what it'll mean. But I know one thing, it's not gonna probably come really easy. Deep addictions don't go away really easy most of the time. And so, how bad do you want your freedom? Are you willing to fight for it? Fighting for your freedom and then preserving it, standing in it when it's obtained. I, I look back on the areas where God brought freedom into my life and man, I wanna protect it. I wanna protect it. God brought me out of, uh, uh, I've told you before, you know, all through high school, really junior high, high school and into college, addicted to pot. And you know what my one prayer all through high school and college was? God, make pot legal. And now it is. And now I don't do it. You know? Kind of a bummer, I guess, but... I'm not gonna go to a cannabis shop and kinda look at all the new strains of weed they have. I'm not gonna look at there because I'm protecting freedom that God gave me. Why is it that we sometimes compromise in the very areas in which God brought freedom, thinking somehow we're immune now because we have freedom? No, you have to protect your freedom. That any one of us are just a few decisions away from being enslaved again. If we don't wake up and if we don't say, I've got I've to be vigilant every day and I've got to seek God and invite his grace, his empowerment to live in me and live through me so that I live into increasing levels of freedom in my life. Brothers and sisters, let's stand in the freedom that Christ purchased on the cross. Let's see ourselves as free and let's fight for that freedom. We fight for it. We get help for it. We invite community into our lives and try and, and, and not buy into this lie that we can, we can just go it alone and be set free alone and just feel bad over something, say a prayer and it go away. It won't. We need each other. We need the grace of God. And we need to fight for these things and then stand in it. Well, let's pray together. God, we want to come to you right now. And we want to pray, Lord, that in these areas where we feel stuck, maybe you can identify as we're praying an area you feel stuck in. You don't feel free. Just picture that area, would you, for a moment? Might be a thought pattern. Might be a belief that you keep going back to, but it's not, it's not based on truth. It might be a, an addiction that you're embarrassed about, you hate, you wish it wasn't there. But whatever it is, would you bring that 
just in your mind right now to God and say, God, you've called me to freedom. You've called me to freedom. And Lord, I, I've, I've pulled against that like a little baby elephant and, and it, that stake hasn't come out. But Lord, the truth is that freedom exists for me. That what you did on the cross, breaking the power of sin and death, breaking the bonds of slavery to sin, that impacts my life. And so Lord, though I may still feel stuck, Lord, I'm declaring my freedom, I'm declaring God, the truth of that over my life and over this situation. And I'm gonna walk into that. I'm gonna walk into that, I'm gonna fight for that. God, I'm gonna get humble, I'm gonna get honest. I'm going to invite other people to help me. Lord, I'm not going to be apathetic any longer. I'm not going to be green boots, somebody's marker on the path of their life for don't do it that way. Lord, I'm calling on you and I'm asking for grace right now in my life. Grace. The wonderful thing about Jesus and what he did is he brings grace. He died on the cross and he gives us the gift of salvation and then he gives us the promise of a whole new life, the promise of living a life set free. And so if you're here today and you've never received that from God, you've never invited Jesus into your life to be the forgiver of your sin, the leader of your life, the one that breaks these bondages, I invite you to do that right now. Simply just pray this prayer with me. Jesus, come into this deepest area of my life, my heart. Set me free. I embrace you as God, as Lord. Forgive me for all of my sin, God, and make me a new person. I want to live with you forever. If that was your prayer, God is working in you right now. God is saving you and loving you, and he wants you to know him and walk into these increasing places of freedom in our life. Lord, we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. It's a great word, and there's a lot of truth, and there's a lot of freedom to be had. Hey, I want to, um, before we go today, uh, remind those of you who are leaders in the church and you've been invited to the Multiply dinner tonight. We look forward to seeing you there uh, at 5.30 tonight. Um, if you did not uh, head onto the website and sign up on the events page, you could do us a huge favor by stopping by the info center right outside and, uh, and uh, signing up there, registering there so that we can know you're coming and be prepared for you. That would be excellent. Um, as far as if you have a need for prayer, maybe even some prayer processing, some of what Mike's been talking about this morning, uh, there will be people over here on this side of the auditorium to pray with you and to stand with you in prayer. If you're new or newer to the church and are, are looking to get connected or just meet someone and say hi, I would love the chance to talk to you uh, and meet you right over there underneath the monitor on that side for our first connect. God bless you. Have a great rest of your weekend.